Morning, church family. Um, I'm going to start out right off the bat admitting that I'm terrified. Um, and I'm, I have a, a church family, recovery church, that's part of this church. This church uh, sponsors it, um, and it's at our North 40 campus. But uh, one, of our, one of our 12 core values is raw. <laughs> and uh, I hope... I hope that I've uh, used up all my tears the last two days and <clears throat> through those songs so I can keep myself together um, through this. But um, you're going to get raw. Uh, I, I've given a couple of messages here over the last two years, and I thought those were tough ones. This is a lot harder one. Um, so bear with me. And have grace for me. <clears throat> it's important. I just want to start off with. Uh, it's important for all pastors. Including Pastor Steve. To have a chance to disconnect for a few weeks. To rest and simply be still. In the presence of God. That's important for all of us. Um, and it's just as important for our pastor. So thank you for each of you. For giving me the privilege of speaking God's word today. I'm Brian Orston. Um, for those of you that don't know me, my wife, Ginny, high school sweetheart, is in the front row with two of our kids. We have 12 kids. <clears throat> Most of them are adults. One of them is in heaven. And uh, seven years ago, I had gotten out of the practice of uh, working on my relationship with with God. And so I had slowly begun working Every Sunday, and I was uh, no longer attending church with my family. And two of my teenagers, they're no longer teenagers, they're in their 20s now, but they watched. And they eventually started pushing back at mom, who kept bringing them to church. And uh, they decided that, you know what, if dad doesn't need church anymore, then neither did they. And Ginny asked me if that was what I wanted as a dad. It wasn't. And so uh, we made the decision to check out the open door. And my kids loved it. Uh, I don't know, you know, if it was the welcoming atmosphere that there was there, the love, the obvious love that was at the open door. It was at the North 40. Or if it was um, that their dad was actually going to church again. Dads don't realize, at least this dad didn't, um, or we are ostriches and put our head in the sand, how important it is to work on a relationship with God because our wife is watching, our kids are watching, and uh, it can have eternal ramifications. Something that, uh, that spoke to my heart when we first came to Open Door and it has many times since. It's something that Pastor Steve often said. And I'm just going to read it because I wrote it down so I wouldn't goof it up. <clears throat> He'd say variations of this. We want you to know that we're glad you're here. And no matter what your past might be, we know that God loves you. Each one of you. And so do we. God sets divine appointments with his people. And we believe God has brought you here today to hear from him. We don't tolerate gossip, rumors, 
or even people saying hurtful things about each other, even if it is part of your past. We believe that whoever you may have been in the past doesn't define who you can become in Jesus. And I fervently believe that. Um, Today can be a new day. If you are one who feels a need to spread gossip gossip or speak ill of someone else, then it is you who will be invited to leave. It is those who can't extend grace and mercy to others who will be asked to move on. We believe in speaking truth in love, not loving to speak hurtful truth. That has always spoken to two of my life's biggest fears. Fear of God rejecting me. Um, I grew up fearing a judgmental God, a God of vengeance, a God of uh, wrath. And it was a long time before I fully embraced the characteristic of God who is love. And uh, love is a far more powerful motivator in a relationship than fear is. And then my second fear was fear of people rejecting me. So can we just pray right now? Heavenly Father, I'll admit to being terrified of... uh, becoming vulnerable, and yielding my will to you so that the words that are spoken here today to each person and to me might be used to encourage, discipline, challenge, and remind each of us of your incredible love for us and your desire for us to have more. More. So I just pray that your presence will be here, that you'll calm my racing heart, and that your words will flow through my mouth. In Jesus' precious holy name, amen. <clears throat> so we've just finished a five-week series on Fear Not. So today is a bonus message. Uh, <laughs> In the Fear Not series. This is six. And I'd encourage you to go back and listen. You can listen online to podcasts. Um, if you just want the message part, um, you can go and listen to the entire thing. Just go to the Open Door website. Um, I love the music that goes with it. Um, but sometimes I just need to listen to the message. And, and I've listened to each of those five messages a number of times um, over the last couple of days. Pastor Steve sometimes loves to tell us different possible titles, or maybe even movie titles, because you can play a movie in your mind as you're listening, um, for his messages. So today's title could be, Fear Not, Just Come Home. Or, Fear of Rejection Suffocates Life. And the one that speaks to me right now is simply, More. Fear keeps us from more. I want more. The Holy Spirit in my life makes me want more. My wife, Jenny, makes me want more. Watching my kids 
makes me want more. My church family here at Open Door, you, makes me want more. My life group makes me want more. My fourth through sixth grade youth group kids makes me want more. My recovery family at Recovery Church makes me want more. And when you get rambling, um, sometimes you lose your pages. (laughs) So I don't want to just read, but I I do want to be mindful that I need to um, be orderly in uh, the way that God spoke to me. So fear is a liar. Fear is real. It's shaped and affected me throughout my entire life. We've spent a lot of time talking about fear. The first week, and so I'm just going to remind us a brief thing on each of the five weeks. The first week, Pastor Steve shared about Moses and his fears. And in that, there was a warning in Exodus chapter 1, verse 8. There was a new Egyptian king who did not know Joseph, and he rose to power. We might wonder, how in the world did you not know Joseph? I mean, Joseph had was used by God to save the Egyptian people and, and, and his family from starvation. It's important to remember history so that we don't repeat it. I've often said to myself and others that have asked that God could have had me unhurt in a house explosion almost four years ago, much like he did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But Isaiah 55, verse 8, reminds us, his word, God's word, reminds us that God's thoughts are not our thoughts, nor our ways his ways. He allowed the horror of me watching myself burning alive only to spare my life as I cried out, Jesus, save me. You know, uh, It's been a hard four years. I'm thankful that God promises us today, and that's all we're supposed to concentrate on is today. Um, Because if we knew what was going to happen a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, that burden could be too heavy to carry. I know it would have been too heavy for me to carry. And so my scars... And I've got lovely tattoos on my hands, on my back, on my parts of my face, my neck. But they remind me that I was given another opportunity for more. My scars remind me of who was with me in the middle of the ball of fire. And the story of Joseph should have reminded the king of Egypt of who Joseph's God was. And because he, because he forgot, they suffered through the plagues. My memory is fickle, just like that king. Pastor Steve talked about Moses' fears of not speaking well. <laughs> Most of us probably can relate to that. I know I can. 
Moses made excuse after excuse of not being good enough when God was speaking to him because Moses feared people making fun of him, rejecting him. Moses wanted someone, wanted God to send someone else. I'm guilty of telling God no. Send someone else. The second message was Junior from the National Recovery Church in Florida. And he blessed us with the story of Peter. Um, and I really encourage you to go back and listen to it if you didn't get to listen to that message. Um, I, I've listened to it. I can't even count how many times. Um, but it was the story of Peter when Peter, Jesus was walking across the water, and Peter got out of the boat and walked towards Jesus. And Junior talked about the ifs for Peter, but the ifs in our lives. And the ifs, in fear or in faith. Will we live our lives in fear and limit ourselves? Or will we be courageous in our fear and step out in faith, trusting God, even if we're terrified, to be who he says we can be? In the third week, Pastor Steve shared the story of Elijah and his fear of being killed for his faith. <clears throat> and then two weeks ago, Pastor Steve shared about David and Goliath and the fear that consumed the people of Israel, the army of Israel. They were scared to death of Goliath. David stepped fully into his relationship and trust of God. Doesn't mean that he never screwed up. I mean, read the, read the story of David. His life was a a mess lots of times. But the one thing he kept doing is turning his heart and eyes back to God. Last week, Neil Felke was a a guest uh, speaker. And he blessed us with the story of an ordinary man named Gideon. Neil shared parts of his story, of his journey with God, as he told us to keep our eyes on Jesus and step into what God is calling us personally and as a church, and to not let fear throw us off. And then Neil maybe threw a few of us off, but he, because uh, um, we weren't, uh, it's different. It's scripture, but uh, he shared some prophetic words with us. And so uh, I'm just going to read those really quick if my phone will cooperate. So he brought a word for the church. And he said, you are a chosen family, and God is going to pour out his spirit on you. Why here? Why at the open door? God just loves to surprise and send gifts. So why not here? Wonderful things will happen in this house that are beyond your ability to imagine. So stop quibbling about the little stuff. Stop it. The enemy wants to derail your mission to reach your community and far beyond with diversions. Center on hearing from God what your personal role is in this mission. Ask God, what do you want me to do to support what you are doing here, God? And then he continued. He said, Neil said, I don't see just a little revival. I see God using this house in a mighty, mighty way. There's a number of us that feel strongly about that. 
and believe that with all our heart. That God is moving. God wants more for each of us. And then Neil, um, so he gave us, our entire church family, that prophetic word. And then he gave some individual prophetic words. It's scary, terrifying, yet perhaps in each of us, there's a little bit of us that would love to hear someone tell us, each of us, a word from God. Although most of us would prefer it to be in private. Um, Neil gave my wife Ginny a prophetic word. He didn't know Jenny. He'd never met her before. And yet they were powerful words. And God had been working on my heart for the past few weeks um, about things that, that lined up with what Neil talked to Jenny about. So um, a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, Jenny and I were visiting with someone, and uh, they, uh, I was talking about, just reminiscing about life. And I said, you know, Jenny used, we dated for six years. We were high school sweethearts. And we'd been married for a few years, and I mean, she loved me. Incredible love. Um, and she thought that I walked on water. Um, and I remember the day that I kicked that pedestal out from underneath me. And I'd been, my, in my fear of being rejected by people, I had, uh, I became a workaholic. I worked incredible, ridiculous hours. And one day, <clears throat> she followed me to the door as I was headed back out to work after, I don't know if I'd stopped to just say hi to the kids or what, but she followed me out to the door, and she was wanting to talk, and I had to get back to work. Um, I wasn't interested in talking. And with tears in her eyes, she stood on in the doorway as I went down the steps outside. And she said, what's your problem, Brian? And I spun around. And I said, you are. You're my problem. And then I left. Words have power. We can't take them back. Can't unsay them. They give life, they give death, they break hearts, and they stay with someone. Because for me, I just pretended that it didn't happen, and I went on with life. Um, And we've had a wonderful marriage. But when I was telling that to that person, Ginny looked at me and she said, you remember. I said, I'll never forget that day. She didn't either. 20, around 28 years ago. That's the power of words. And in our fear of rejection, sometimes we hurt people that we would never want to hurt. And so I, you know, we went on. I mean, we went on with life. Um, This was just a few weeks ago. And earlier this week, the Holy Spirit reminded me about that conversation that we had with that person. And uh, he said, did you ever tell her that you were sorry? Did you ask her to forgive you? I'm like, well, 
And that's 28 years ago, for crying out loud. I don't... I'm not sure that I want to give Ginny that power over me to uh, come to her and apologize for that. It's so long ago. But he stayed after me, and so I did. And that was a, it was a humbling thing for me to ask Ginny to forgive me, to tell her that I was sorry, that it hurt her so bad, um, and that I would wait for her to forgive me for that. But I repented from it. And then fast forward a couple days later, on Friday, um, the Holy Spirit was speaking into my mind and uh, reminded me that there's something else that I haven't taken care of. And it was about prayer. I went, you know what? I, I love to talk to God. I talk to God all the time. And... Uh, he uh, he said, but what about Ginny? I went, you know what? We pray. I, I, we pray at church. We pray for meals. We pray. He said, but do you pray with just Ginny? That's something that she wanted back at the beginning of your marriage. And so my fear, I had to give that to God and it took me a couple of days. Um, and accountability. Recovery Church has taught me. My recovery family has taught me accountability. Um, we need to be accountable. And that means sharing it with people. And so I, I hadn't gained the courage yet to, tell, to ask Ginny if I, if, if I could just pray just for her with her. Um, and then I told my recovery family. Now I'm telling you. Uh, but I... I asked Ginny on Saturday morning if I could pray for her. That's just a day ago. Um, I'm not going to tell you what we prayed about, what I, the words that were said, um, but of all, all of the tens of thousands of prayers that I prayed, it was the most powerful one. Um, and we've prayed a few times since then, in just the last two days. But that's commitment that I'm going to make to Ginny. Um, and I'm going to rebuke the fear of rejection. I'm going to uh, push through that fear. And I'd encourage each of you, men, we have an incredible influence in our families. Um, If you're not being vulnerable, be vulnerable. Uh, Your wife wants you to love her. And uh, I'm thankful for a second chance to get to love Jenny. Um, Maybe we'll get another 30 years that I can uh, fully grow into that. <clears throat> but today's message, and I'm going to have to really hurry now. So it's found in Luke chapter 15. And it's about the fear of rejection. There's three characters in this passage. Luke chapter 15, 11 through 32. And so I'm not going to read the verses that I was going to, but I encourage you to go back and read it. It's about the prodigal son. And uh, in 11 through 16, the prodigal son asked his dad to give him his inheritance. This is Jesus telling the story. And, the, and the, so the father gave it to him. The father gave him his inheritance. So the young son received everything from his father. And then the son wasted it. 
He lived life up with no regard to his relationship with his father nor his brother. He lost, he lost everything except for his fear of rejection. He hadn't lost his fear of rejection. And so he struggled for a period of time. <clears throat> um, I'm just going to read. Uh, so he finally, I, he, he, he had the fear of rejection. And so he, pers- finally, he persuaded a local farmer to hire him. And the man sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. For a Jewish person, that was, um, pigs were unclean. That, that was the lowest of the lowest jobs he could possibly have. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. <clears throat> he struggled to survive on his own because he had a fear of being rejected. And then in verses 17 through 19, the son, when the son finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am, dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant, as a slave. <clears throat> and so he went through all these things as he was building the courage to finally turn and go home. what the son wasn't thinking about is the father loved his son, but he wasn't going to force his son to return to him. His son needed to realize on his own that he needed his father in his life. God loves you. He pursues you through the Holy Spirit, but God won't force you to choose God. He won't force you to trust him, to return to him, to accept his gift of salvation. Each of us has to come to our own senses, like the young son, and overcome our fear of rejection. And my favorite verse, I've had a lot of favorite verses over the years, but my favorite verse over the last six months, as the Holy Spirit's been working in my life, is the second part of verse 20. While he, the young son, was still a long way off, His father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. So I I don't want us to miss that because that is so important to me. His father was watching for him. He didn't go hunting for him and drag him home. God's not going to force you into a relationship with God. But he's watching for you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants you to turn to him and come home. To accept his free gift of salvation. To enter into a full relationship with him. Um, And that, that reminder that Pastor Steve says so often. It doesn't matter what yesterday was. Today can be a new start for you. Just like me finally stepping into my relationship completely with Ginny and uh, and being vulnerable enough to pour out my heart to her and God at the same time alone. Um, God, God is waiting for you. And when the son 
or you finally turn to him, God will run to you. He'll literally run to you. It's a powerful, powerful verse. And did you catch the last part? He embraced him and kissed him. It doesn't say anything about the father making his kid beg or rehash all of his terrible life choices. God doesn't do that. And we're not going to do that here. What happened yesterday, what happened 10 years ago, is in the past. God cares about today and moving forward. And that's what we, as your church family, care about. And you might insist um, that uh, we just don't, you know, we can't possibly understand that, that, that you've done things that God just can't forgive. Um, there's some really hard stuff in my life that I raged at God about. Stuff that I wish I had never done. And when I turned to God, four years ago, I turned back to God and, and just completely surrendered my life to him. He didn't all of a sudden give me all of the tools, all of the stuff that I needed to do. That would have been too overwhelming. I mean, it's taken four years for the Holy Spirit to finally convict me that I needed to, that I needed to give Ginny all of me. And, and to give her all of me meant that I had to give her time alone with just the two of us praying just about the two of us in our relationship with God. Um, that would have been overwhelming four years ago because there was a lot of legwork to be do to do to get to that point. And so you only need to trust God and God will run to you. And I'll just finish with this. The father said, look, dear son, we had to celebrate for your father. Your brother was dead and has come back to life. Your relationship with God might be dead. But you can bring it back to life simply by turning because he's right there waiting for you. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I realize that uh, some of the words that that flowed out of my mouth um, were hard, were uh, that, that challenged my heart. And I pray, God, that if there's someone here today, like myself, that needs to be challenged, needs to be drawn back home, needs to come home for the first time. That we will cast aside the fear of others rejecting us and the fear of you rejecting us. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is our relationship with you, God. All other relationships flow out of that. And you've promised us throughout your word, God, that you will never reject us. And you understand rejection. You fully understand rejection, far more than we do. Jesus was rejected at every turn. His home city rejected him. 
Judas betrayed him. Peter. Peter denied you, Jesus, three times. And then Pilate brought you before the crowds. And he said, what shall I do with this man you call king of the Jews? And the crowds rejected you, God, as they cried, crucify him, crucify him. And then the hardest rejection of all that Jesus faced. So that we wouldn't have to face that rejection. Was on the cross. As Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus allowed himself to be rejected by you, God, for a period of time so that we would never have to be rejected by you. The gift of salvation that Jesus brought us brings us full acceptance by you, God, if we simply turn and give our life to Jesus. And once we do that, I pray that you will put a hunger and a thirst in each member of our church family for more, more of you, Jesus, more of the Holy Spirit, more of God, that we can have more. It's what you want for us. In Jesus' precious holy name, amen.